0: God bless you. You may be seated tonight in the name of the Lord. We're going to go directly to the Word of God. I'm going to be teaching tonight on uh, the subject of garments of praise, the garments of praise. And so we're going to look at the book of Isaiah chapter 61. And I want to, I want to uh, just Take a moment and and look at this passage of Scripture. These verses of Scripture are very powerful. Before we do, I do want to uh, make you aware that a week from tonight, there will be no midweek service a week from tonight. But a week from tomorrow night, we will be here worshiping the Lord at the Ohio District Conference. Uh, We want you to be a part of that. Uh, It's going to be like a Sunday service, so just come on in, and and, uh, we're going to have church, amen, in the house of God. And uh, we're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost. All of the Ohio District United Pentecostal Church uh, ministers and and churches will be here Thursday night and Friday night next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. So uh, just come on in and and let's have some good church. Amen. Uh, But to prepare for that, we will not have service here uh, tomorrow night. Pardon me, a week from tonight. Uh, but a week from tomorrow night, Thursday night, May 11th and May 12th at 7.30 p.m. Everybody said amen. Amen. So we're looking at Isaiah chapter 61, and let's begin at the first verse, uh, and we're going to read down to the uh, third verse. But the Scripture says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified so this is the passage of scripture from uh, which we want to uh, look to the word of the Lord and talking about the garment of praise and uh, this of course is the the passage that Jesus uh, recited when he stood in the temple that day to make his messiahship known. When he uh, opened the scroll and read from the scripture, and all eyes were fastened on him when he concluded because he did not finish it, uh, but he did read this uh, prophecy of Isaiah. And, uh, and, and, And when he did, he let them know, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So we want to look at this passage of Scripture because we are the fulfillment of this this passage. This has been fulfilled in our lives. We are the ones that he has proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord to. We are the ones that he has given uh, beauty to replace the ashes that we had in our life. Uh, We are the ones who he extracted from us the spirit of heaviness and exchanged it with the garment of praise and if you're not wearing the garment of praise tonight i want to tell you to go ahead and put on that garment of praise no reason that the people of god should suffer under the spirit of heaviness the people of god should live victoriously and triumphantly wearing the garment of praise magnifying god exalting his holy name And so we want to talk about the garment of praise. And the Bible deals with and speaks to the idea of what we are to have on our, in a spiritual sense, what we're to take on, and what we are to put off of us. How many know that when we repent of our sins, we are stepping away from some things? We're stepping away from some things. When we repent of our sins, we are turning our back on sinful living. And this is the message of Jesus Christ, to repent from sins. Before God can do anything in our lives, we have to repent from sin. We have to turn our back on the things that bind us, turn our back on the wickedness that prevents us from stepping into the beautiful salvation of God. And uh, and of course, then we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And we have two that are going to be baptized tonight in Jesus' name. We praise God for that. Amen. Praise God. I love that. Hey, I'm getting used to this matter of baptizing people every service. How about we just keep that up? If you know somebody that needs the Lord, bring them on in and let's baptize them in Jesus' name. If you repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What a beautiful promise that is. And so when we when we are baptized into Christ, the Bible says we put on Christ. So we are. In repentance, we are putting off things, and in baptism, we are putting on Christ. So we put away the things that will will bring eternal damnation. We embrace the things that will bring eternal life. And then, of course, we are filled with His Spirit by promise, which is the quickening power that turns this mortal to an immortal body. Praise God. This is the promise of the the New Testament church. This is the promise that God gives to his people. And yet so many times we live well beneath the uh, authority that God wants us to have, the uh, peace that God wants us to have, the joy that he wants us to have, and these things ought not to be. We ought to live in the fullness of Almighty God. So we, wanna, we want to step into those things. And tonight I want to talk to you about the garment of praise. You and I are to be clothed with the garment of praise, not covered up and uh, overwhelmed and, and uh, just saturated with the spirit of heaviness. There is a spirit of heaviness in our world. And you can scroll on social media and find that you are feeling the heavy weight of this world on your shoulders. What is that? That's a spirit of heaviness that comes from this world. And the more that you look into what is going on in this world, it'll just start weighing you down. The more you tune in to all of the calamity and all of the collapsing that is happening to various institutions in society, it will begin to weigh on you. And God doesn't want us to be weighed down by the spirit of heaviness and the solution to the spirit of heaviness is the garment of praise God says give me the spirit of heaviness I'm going to clothe you with the garment of praise did you know that the garment of praise and the spirit of heaviness are not compatible you don't you don't you don't live with both of them you're, you're either going to be a warrior or you're going to be a worshiper when you begin to worry, that is your cue to start worshiping. When you get stressed, that's your cue to start praising God. And you don't have to wait till you walk into this house to begin praising God. But when you do walk into this house, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let praise envelop you. Let praise become you. Be a praiser of God. Be a worshiper of God. I'm going to tell you that you could be having a really sad day. You could have a lot of things going wrong in a given day. And the moment you begin praising God, things begin to shift. Why? Because the garment of praise will drive out the spirit of heaviness. You can be going through a very difficult time of life. You can be going through a season where there's much sadness and there is much turmoil. But the moment you begin to praise the name that's above every name, hallelujah, that spirit of heaviness cannot stand in the courtroom of his praise. And the moment you begin to praise him and the moment you begin to thank him, you enter into his gates and everything begins to change. So let's talk about putting things on. Uh, But before we can put things on, we've got to put some things off. Uh, Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. I want to go through. This is a great uh, passage of Scripture, and we're just going to go through it here uh, momentarily. Colossians chapter 3. If you then, being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above not on things on the earth so i'm talking tonight if you have repented and been baptized in jesus name and filled with the gift of the holy ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues you are risen with christ that's what you are you are risen with christ and you have power over the things of this world in so doing set your affection on things above Not on things on the earth. Verse 3, for you are dead. Your past life is dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So you don't need to worry about the things that are coming against you. Joel Urshan was buried in a watery grave in Jesus' name. So when the accuser of the brethren comes against Joel Urshan, I do not worry or fear or fret, because my life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Paul is leading the church of the Colossians to understand that when death is swallowed up in victory and Christ appears, we are going to appear with him in glory. This is the great hope of the church. Verse number five, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. This is the members of our body. He's telling you now what to mortify. That means kill. That means destroy. Destroy fornication. Destroy uncleanness. Destroy inordinate affection or perversion. Evil concupiscence or lasciviousness and lewdness and covetousness looking at the things of others and wishing they were yours and envying them. He says, this is idolatry. And for which things sake, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. I want you to know what Paul is telling them. He is saying that the wrath of God comes upon people who practice fornication, who practice uncleanness, who practice inordinate affection evil concupiscence or covetousness which is idolatry we're in the new testament folks and the wrath of god cometh upon the children of disobedience who practice these things if you're involved in these things you need to repent amen amen praise god everybody feel good tonight amen i'm giving you a way to live forever got to repent from these things in the which you also walked some time when you lived in them but now you also put off all these now he's going to bring it down home you you may have looked at that list and said well none of those apply to me i'm not doing any of that junk maybe you are and and you need to repent maybe you're not but he brings it on down even closer to home in verse 8 now put off also these anger wrath malice blasphemy filthy communication out of your mouth lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds this isn't who you are anymore you put the old man off you're wondering why you've got the spirit of heaviness because you're you're entertaining the old man Of course you've got heaviness on your spirit. Of course you're depressed. Of course you're sad. You're engaging in things that pertain to the old man. Put off the old man with his deeds. And verse 10, and have put on the new man. Oh, hallelujah. Which is renewed in knowledge. How do you stay in a position of having put on the new man? When you're baptized into Jesus Christ... You put on Christ. But being in Christ and abiding in Christ are two different things. This is why a person can be baptized in Jesus' name and still struggle. Why and how is that possible? Because they're not abiding in Christ. But when you abide in Christ, the way you do that is in the renewal of knowledge. So tonight, I'm going to try, by the help of God, to renew your knowledge in God. I've come tonight to remind you of the power that worketh in you. I've come tonight, and if you've never received the Holy Ghost, count this as an invitation to step on in to these waters, because the waters are great. I've come to renew in your mind your understanding that God is great and greatly to be praised that his name is a strong tower that the Lord is my light and my salvation he is the strength of my life whom shall I fear of whom shall I be afraid he is my shield and my buckler he is my fortress and my refuge he is my shelter he ah, he encompasses me he overshadows me he undergirds me he indwells me I've come to remind somebody and renew your knowledge that when you are in Christ and he is in you you have nothing to fear it's important to renew our knowledge in Christ because the Bible says that there are things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and so you have to come to church and you have to be in the presence of God to renew your knowledge in Jesus Christ. Put on the new man, verse 10, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. There is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So so it doesn't matter where you come from or what your lot in life is or what you've experienced or what you've done. When you come into Christ, you are his. He is all and he is in all. Praise God. Put on, therefore. Now, he told us what to put off. That's important. Put off the spirit of heaviness. Put off anger, wrath, malice. Put off inordinate affections and fornication and uncleanness. Put all of that off. Now, let's talk about what to put on. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. How many know you're elected of God? Praise God. Let me tell you who's elected of God. Whosoever will. Whosoever will that's who's elected of god whosoever will let him come and drink of the waters of life freely that's who's elected of god we don't believe in this false doctrine and false teaching that god is so cruel that he predetermines who will and won't be saved he is not a cruel god and that no matter the hunger of your heart he will not save you that is a lie from the devil himself god Let's every man choose this day whom he will serve. And it is God's will that no man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You are the elect of God. Go tell it on the mountain. Tell it in the valley low. Preach the gospel to every creature. Go tell everybody you know that God has called unto them. And if they will hear his voice, he will choose them. Praise God. You are the elect of God. And as the elect of God, this is what you put on. Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies. Bowels of mercies. That's that's different than just mercies. That means that means gut. That means it's in you. Down deep inside it's in you. Mercy, not because I guess I got to be merciful. No, you start desiring mercy you start looking forward to showing mercy what does the lord require of us O son of man to do justly to love mercy i'm gonna tell you what god will put inside of you when you put all that other stuff off he'll put in you a love for mercy you will love being merciful hallelujah love mercy You'll get intoxicated with showing, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It'll get inside of you to be merciful. Praise God. And so bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, not just humbleness of behavior, humbleness of mind. It's in you. Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. I wish I could go into forbearing and forgiving. It just means bear for and give for. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, are you ready? How do we solve this? How do we resolve this? Solve and resolve. Interesting etymology there. You think once you've solved it that that's the end of it? No, no, sometimes you're going to have to resolve it. So, how do we resolve when we have a quarrel against somebody? Here's how: as Christ forgave you, even so also do ye. So, if you have been forgiven of Christ, then that's how you forgive those with whom you have a quarrel. Now, the question is, are you really convinced Christ forgave you? Because we, we, we can tell how convinced we are by how forgiving we are of others. See, when we really know that Christ forgave us, then we don't have as much a problem forgiving others. Because we, we had a good example. We know how sinful we were, or you should. That's often why people don't realize how much God forgave them they don't think they were very sinful let's dig a little deep here can we dig a little deep here a lot of times we can feel like we deserve his salvation a lot of times we can feel like we've been so disciplined we've earned his salvation sometimes we can feel like we've been so we've willed ourselves so well that 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 yeah he's going to say well done thou good and faithful servant because we've done pretty well and we're pretty proud of how holy we've been But when you know that, that, that that God doesn't owe you anything, when you know that God forgave you because He is good, not because you are good, when you know that God reached down for you when you had no help, no hope, and ladies and gentlemen, that's all of us. That's all of us. Who among us can say that he has, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here, that he hasn't had to forgive us? This is what Jesus said. Those who love much, love much because they have been forgiven much. They love much because they have been forgiven much. He said it in the context of the lady who poured her worship out at his feet. And people had a problem with the way she was worshiping. And in that context, Jesus said, let her be. You have no idea where she came from. And she loves much because she was forgiven much. And I'm going to tell you something. If we really praised God according to the way He has forgiven us, there would be no stopping us. We'd have to call time out and tell you to be seated. We'd have to call time out and say, all right, everybody be quiet. We've got to continue on with the service because there is a joy down deep in my soul. There is a shout of praise that we have for the Lord. There is a glory that we want to give to God and we do have a responsibility to subject that and to pull that in we do have a responsibility to to rein it in so the service can proceed so the word can go forth even so sometimes so sometimes so people who don't know what we're doing Paul said don't scare them off sometimes we do have to we have to be mindful of those things but at the same time it 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 needs to be a well of living water springing up into everlasting life and i'm going to tell you something you need to wear that garment of praise everywhere you go this is how you solve quarrels this is how you deal with life you rejoice in the goodness of god Even as Christ forgave you, so also forgive them. And above all these things, above all these things, put on agape or charity or love, the love of God, which is the bond of perfectness. Hi, God have mercy. That agape love. That agape love, put that charity on. It is the bond of perfectness. That charity is a multi-angular love. That charity there, the first love is the love he has for you. And then it grows from that into a love for your neighbor as yourself. And then it grows from that into a love for the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Praise God. That is the agape love of God, and that is the bond of perfectness. That is the central foundation from which all perfection exists in the people of God. That's where perfect peace exists. That's where perfect love that casts out fear, that's where that exists. In charity, in the agape love of God, that is the bond of perfectness. Perfectness, that's where faith is perfected. These are all things the Bible calls perfect. Faith, love, and peace. These are perfect things, and they are all in the bond of the love of God. And verse 15. Now remember, we had to put off certain things first. Then we had to put on certain things. And verse number 15, notice what the scripture says. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye are also called in one body, and be ye thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Verse number 18, he proceeds to talk about the family. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall. Receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Now, all of this is contingent upon us putting off and putting on. When you put off and put on, this is when husbands and wives start loving and respecting and submitting and valuing and flourishing this is when children become obedient this is when we become better employers better citizens trying to force society into a position of harmony and family function without the lord jesus christ is a fool's errand it will never be able to be accomplished This is the way it happens. You put off in repentance. You put on in baptism. And you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the life of the Christian believer. And in essence, it is the garment of praise. We wear the garment of praise. We wear the garment of praise. We praise God because he is good. We praise God because he is worthy. We praise God because he has been so good to us and there is nobody like unto the Lord. And we praise him with all of our hearts and with all of our minds. We don't have time for the things that have to do with anger and wrath and malice. We don't have time for the things that have to do with fear and depression and sorrow and sadness. Our hearts are filled with praise. Our minds are filled with praise. Our mouths are filled with praise. Our lives are filled with praise. Now, I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 59. And I want to read verses, let's read verse, uh, uh, this is Isaiah chapter 59. We're going to read verses uh, 16, 16 and 17. It says this in verse 16. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness it sustained him. So this is a reference to God becoming our salvation. He looked for an intercessor, there was no intercessor. So his own arm brought him uh, salvation And, and his own arm, his own righteousness sustained him. In other words, nobody could redeem us but the Lord himself. He didn't send a second person. He came himself, his own arm and his own righteousness. Verse 17, he put on righteousness as a breastplate. Everybody say righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation. Everybody say a helmet of salvation. Upon his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing. Everybody say the garments of vengeance. vengeance. He put on righteousness as a breastplate. He put on a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Now let's go back to the New Testament. This time we're going to the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look now to a passage of Scripture that is known by uh, students of the Scripture as the passage concerning spiritual warfare. This deals with what the Lord said concerning how we are to protect ourselves. He's recognizing and acknowledging that we are in a spiritual battle. How many know we're in a spiritual battle? We're in a spiritual battle. We're in a... Warfare. The enemy rises against you, but God will protect you. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the apostle Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want to, I want to point out, be strong in the Lord. You're not strong outside of the Lord. You're strong in the Lord. Again, that's baptism in his name. That's putting on Christ. But being abiding in Christ to abide in Christ is to renew your knowledge in him that's how you're strong in the Lord renew your knowledge in God be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil this is the armor of God this isn't our armor it's his armor put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You ever heard a wily coyote? Well, we call him wily cuz he acts like the devil. It's the devil who's wily. And he said we're going to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is why we don't get it twisted and get it mixed up and take aim at flesh and blood. Our battle is against the root issues, principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of the darkness of this world, Verse 13, wherefore, because of that, take unto you the whole armor of God. Now, here's the armor of God that he's going to describe to you. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Okay, he's, he's telling you. I'm talking about when you have come to the end of your rope. When you feel like you can't fight anymore, he's telling you how to keep on fighting. When you feel like you can't make it another day, the apostle is telling you how to make it forever. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. You're going to put on the whole armor of God. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Didn't we just read about the breastplate of righteousness? God was wearing the breastplate of righteousness in Isaiah 59. And we're to wear get breastplate of righteousness in Isaiah. Ephesians chapter 6. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now those fiery darts of the wicked are interesting because those fiery darts, those fiery darts are, not only are they able to pierce but they're dipped in that tormenting flame, and that tormenting flame is attached to that piercing dagger, and the enemy will release those darts at you, and it has torment in it. Not only does it cause a, not only does it cause a wound of puncture, but it also causes a continual wound of burning torment. And so it's the fiery darts, but it's the shield of faith that will quench the fiery darts darts of the wicked. So notice it quenches them. There are times ladies and gentlemen where the dart hits you but the fire can't touch you. There are times when the dart will puncture you but the fire doesn't torment you because the dart was quenched. The fire of the dart was quenched. And so it's very similar to when the snake bit the apostle Paul but the Bible says that he shook that that beast off into the fire and the venom never did spread through his body and he felt no harm. There are times when the enemy will, will lunge at you, the enemy will attack you and you will know and feel and understand the attack is happening and miraculously you are spared the torment involved. Why? Because you put off the old man and you put on the new man and the new man has power over those fiery darts And over those effects and works of the enemy. Verse number uh, 13, we continue. uh, Or pardon me, verse number uh, 16. Quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. Anybody remember reading about the helmet of salvation? God was wearing the breastplate of righteousness in Isaiah 59. And in the armor of God, he puts it on his people. God was wearing the helmet of salvation. In Isaiah 59 and in Ephesians 6, he puts that helmet of salvation upon his people. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. When he says praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, that is how you use the whole armor of God. You use the whole armor of God with prayer with all prayer that means repentance that means thanksgiving that means supplication that means intercessory prayer that it's all prayer all prayer when you utilize all prayer including praise and worship when you utilize all prayer the whole armor of god is in activity as you go about your daily living Praying always with all prayer. Notice the consuming nature of this language. Always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's how you operate the the, the whole armor of God. But I want you to notice in Ephesians chapter 6 that God puts upon his people the breastplate of righteousness. And God puts upon his people the helmet of salvation. And in Isaiah 59, God had on the breastplate of righteousness and he had on the helmet of salvation. What he also had on in Isaiah 59 were the garments of vengeance. But Ephesians chapter 6, when he clothes his people, he does not clothe them in the garments of vengeance. Those belong to God and God alone. God contains and wears and takes upon himself the garments of vengeance. They do not belong to you. They do not belong to me. And so the scripture teaches us that we, in verse 19 of Romans, pardon me, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 17, the scripture says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Don't even, don't even think about giving to men evil for the evil that they have brought against you. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Not even just God. Do it in the sight of all men. If it be possible, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you... <laughs> you, you know what you got in you remember what you've got in you you've got the Holy Ghost which means you've got the love of God you've got the joy of God you've got the peace of God if it be possible as much as lieth in you live peaceably with all men dearly beloved avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. He is telling you how to treat your enemies. If he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. And in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire upon his head. Now I'm going to tell you what I used to think the coals of fire on his head were. I used to think God was saying in Romans 12, in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. In so doing, you're going to make him so miserable because he knows he deserves to be mistreated by the way he mistreated you. But when you heap those coals of fire on his head, Oh, man, he's going to have to live the rest of his life knowing how terrible of a person he is. And that's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. He's telling you to provide for things honest in the sight of all men. Be real, be true, be genuine. And if your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, give him drink. And when you do it, you are heaping coals of fire upon his head. Those coals of fire are purging coals and upon his head refers to his thought process and his mind and the way he thinks it's not setting his hair on fire it's taken that coal that the angel took off the altar with tongs and applied it to the lips of isaiah in isaiah chapter 6 and with those coals from off the altar. The iniquity of Isaiah was purged and the sin was taken away. And when you reward good for the evil that was done to you, when you take kindness and give it in the place of the evil that was done to you, you are taking a coal from off the altar and you are putting it upon the mind of your enemy and you are healing them of the spiritual dysfunction that caused them to be malicious in the first place. Oh my, hallelujah. You are becoming, you're becoming that angel with the tongs, and you're taking a coal from off the altar of heaven and you're putting it upon that spot of uncleanness that was in their mind, that was in their head. Because let me tell you something, when people mistreat you, when people hurt you, when people are, are, are evil toward you, I want you to know that there's a dysfunction there. When we're evil, when we mistreat people, I know nobody here has ever mistreated anybody, but just, just go with me, just follow me. Nobody here has ever treated someone poorly, I know that, but just follow me if you will. We did it because there was a dysfunction in our spirit. We were made to bless people. We were made to love. We were made to give peace and to to encourage one another. We were made to be strong and have victory over these tendencies to mistreat and be malicious. So when this coal of fire touches their head, it cleanses them of their uncleanness hallelujah that's why that's why forgiven people love much hallelujah they don't just love God much they love everybody much forgiven people love much if you think it feels good to be forgiven anybody anybody like that it feels good to be forgiven any forgiven folks here tonight any forgiven folks here tonight any, anybody here remember what it was like when, when you were lost and undone without God, but Jesus came down and lifted you out of your pit of despair? Anybody remember that? We got some forgiven. Doesn't it feel good to be forgiven? You wait, you wait then till you start being forgiving. It's an even better feeling than being forgiven. When you are forgiving You know what our kind of forgiveness is? Our kind of forgiveness is, oh, I'll forgive you. Oh, 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 I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you, but God will get you. Hashtag God will get you. I'll forgive you, but God will get you. That's not forgiveness. Let me tell you what forgiveness is. It's when Stephen was being stoned with, with stones and losing his life. And with his last words, he cries out, with some of his last words, he cries out, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Do you know what that means? That means he is literally standing before the judge of all the earth. And he is saying, God, when they stand before you in judgment, please don't bring up what they're doing right now. He's, listen, he's forgiving them in the act of being killed. He didn't even go to therapy for this. He just simply, he just simply has put on Christ. And he has put off anger and wrath and malice. And he is saying, Lord, when they stand before you, could you just erase this? Could you just act like this didn't happen? You know what he's doing? He's saying, Lord, I refuse to press charges. Tell you something the judgment of God could be hanging over somebody's head and something happens to the heart of God when we say Lord I refuse to press charges against them because I want to forgive them Lord lay not this sin to their church you know where he got that from he got that from Jesus upon the cross while Jesus was being crucified, while he's being crucified, while he's suffering and struggling, he says, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Again, he's not saying, "You do what you want, and I'll go through. I'll go through it, but God will get you." No, he's he's saying, "Lord, I want you." To wipe this clean, I want you to remove this from their record. Why? For they know not what they do. Well, what did they not know? They knew they were putting crown of thorns on his head. They knew they were putting a spear in his side. They knew they were putting stripes on his back. What did they not know? What did the person not know who hurt you? They knew they were hurting you. Maybe, maybe not. What did they know? What did they not know? Here's what they did not know when they crucified the Lord. They knew not that they crucified the Lord of glory. And that's what the person didn't know who wounded you. They knew not that when they did it unto you, they did it unto him. And that's what you didn't know when you hurt somebody. That when you hurt them, you did it unto him. That's also what you and I don't realize many times when we refuse to help somebody that when we refuse it unto them we refuse it unto him how can we how can we bless god with our mouth and then curse man who is made after the similitude of god it's impossible it's impossible if you curse man you're cursing god and if you bless man you're blessing god hallelujah Oh, I love God. It's it's people I can't stand. Well, the Scripture has a little word for that. He calls us liars when we say, I love God, but I hate my brother. Oh, God help us. We don't get to wear the garments of vengeance. God wears the garments of vengeance. Vengeance is his, saith the Lord. He will repay. And let me just go ahead and say this. When it says, I will repay, that's not him saying, that's not just us saying, vengeance is God's, God will get you. It's God saying, vengeance is mine. I'll take care of the vengeance part. But what they took from you, I will repay it to you. God's going to repay you for what you lost. God's going to give you back everything. He will restore the years. I love that statement, that that scripture, because that's something you can't replace is time. That is the one commodity that we cannot replace is time. But God, who created time, said, I will restore the
1: years.
0: I know, I know. You say I'll never get that time back. Yes, you will if you put it in the hands of God. You most certainly will get. You'll get all that time back. They stole the best years of my life. Not if you put it in the hands of God. Not if you. Put, he'll restore the years that the locust and the cankerworm and the caterpillar and the Palmer worm have eaten. He'll give you all that time back and more and more and more and more. You say, if you put it in the hands of God, he'll do it. And you say, now, Pastor Urshan, what are you talking about? How how am I supposed to understand that? How's he going to give me back all that time? Well, ask me when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, and we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. He's given it all back to you. You put on those garments of vengeance and you try to exact vengeance through unforgiveness, exact vengeance through aggressiveness or passive aggressiveness, exact vengeance through the, the, the haughtiness of your spirit, or exact vengeance through bitterness or resentment, or exact vengeance through any other work of the flesh. And you will and you will have to live outside the blessing of the Lord, which leads to a path. To destruction but friend if you put on Christ hallelujah and where the only garment he gives us is the garment of praise the garment of praise I wonder if I wonder if there's a hurt person here that can lift up a praise unto God and say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bemoan what I've been through I'm gonna thank God, Hallelujah for every mountain. I'm going to thank God for every valley. I'm going to thank God for every time he brought me out of darkness. I'm going to thank God for drying the tears from my eyes. I'm going to thank God. Hallelujah. I want to know if there's anybody here who's got a thanksgiving in their heart. Come on, put on the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise. Put on garment of praise hallelujah come on put on the garment of praise hallelujah get it on your shoulders dance before the lord sing unto the lord a new song make a joyful noise unto the lord i've got a praise and i've got to get it out i've got a reason to sing i've got a reason to dance hallelujah he brought me out of darkness and into this marvelous light i've got a reason to give praise unto god Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you he's going to break the yoke of depression he's going to break the yoke of sadness he's going to break the yoke of sorrow he's going to break the cycle of depressive thoughts he's going to give you victory he's going to give you joy in the morning he's going to give you peace in the evening there shall be light in the evening time I need a believer who knows what I'm talking about who can tell that God is good and he took the spirit of heaviness off of me and he replaced it with the garment of praying oh stand to your feet right now all across this house and lift up your hands unto God come on lift up your hands unto God lift up your voice unto God hallelujah lift up a praise unto his name lift up a praise unto his name Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! Bless His name. Bless His name. Bless His name. Oh, bless His name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to wear that garment of praise. We're going to wear it in the workplace. We're going to wear it in the hospital room. We're going to wear it when we're with friends and family. We're certainly going to wear it when we're in the house of God. We're going to wear it everywhere we go. He's been too good to me. He's been so good to me. I cannot tell it all. Brother Jamie Diley, I think to a year ago when the enemy was coming in like a flood and he was trying to bring you down and he was trying to stop what the Lord is doing in your life but he was unsuccessful. I said he was unsuccessful and you never took off the garment of praise. Every time that spirit of heaviness would try to creep up on you, you said, God, take this heaviness. I'm going to give you praise. Brother Jared, don't stop dancing and shouting and praising God. I thank God every time you lift up the mighty name of Jesus. You've got a song. You've got a praise that the world needs to see
1: and hear and
0: know. Hello, oh somebody. Praise him because he's a good
1: God. Praise him because he's a mighty, mighty God.
0: step out their seat somebody step out of their seat and into the aisle and begin to praise God like he's a good God begin to praise God like his blood washes away our sin praise him like he's a healer of every sickness praise him like he's a strong together. Now pick your feet up and put them down. Pick your feet up and put them down. And move side to side. Come on, that's it. Move a little bit. Come on, move a little bit. Hallelujah. The enemy is trying to tear you down. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. God has done too much for me. I cannot tell it all. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Move from side to side. Pick your feet up and put them down. Pick your feet up and put them down. You people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice
1: of triumph. So!
0: he did in baby Nolan's life hallelujah I'll never forget the wind of God moving into that room when the doctor said there's really nothing else we can do hallelujah and as we stood there we felt the confirmation of the Holy Ghost that God was getting ready to move and act in Jesus name brother Driggers took baby Nolan just as he declared he would and marched all across this sanctuary hallelujah as a testimony Operates in the church of the living God, and people got in lockstep behind him and marched along with him. I want us right now to praise God for every healing that has come and that will come to every one of those people in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that God is a healer. I believe. The whole earth is filled with His glory. At the voice of one seraphim saying, He's holy, the posts of the door were shaken and smoke filled the room. I'm going to tell you if we could only see what's happening when not just one, but many are lifting their voice and saying, He's holy, He's holy, He's holy, He's holy, He's holy, He's holy, He's holy. He's holy. Oh, hallelujah. We're about to have two baptisms, and we're thankful to God for it. If you need to go tonight, you can. But before you do, go find somebody and tell them he's holy. Tell him he's holy. Tell him he brought me out. He forgave my sins. He healed my body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Thank uh-huh. you.